Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast. I'm Simon Chiskowski and shortly we will be breaking down all the sports-related news, rumors, and drama that you will want to hear about. Although the main difference is that sadly this week won't be a we, as Caleb Peterson is sick and will not be joining me, so we will be moving on in his honor this week. We will be trucking through, holding down the ship, and seeing what we can get done. And, uh, yeah. So, a quick PSA for any new viewers. This week is not a general idea of what trick play is. I'd recommend going back and watching some previous episodes so you can kind of get to see what the gen- normal podcast looks like. This will be a very abnormal special episode. Simon's solo episode. We're going to have some fun, but that's, I would, I fully recommend you go back and watch some of our old stuff. I just wanted to start her off with that. We'll get right into it. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Stick around. All right, so we're going to be starting off with something that I really want to talk about. <laughs> That's the difference this week. We're not starting off with the biggest story. We're talking, starting with a shorter one that I really want to speak on a little bit, in that Orioles play-by-play broadcaster Kevin Brown was removed from broadcast after he made a reference to Baltimore's lack of success against the Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field in previous years. I read that straight off the ESPN article. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have already heard about this. It's been everywhere, and there's been a lot of outrage about it, rightfully, because... All he really talked, if you watch the clip, all he really talked about was the fact that Baltimore had not won in Tampa Bay in, or had, hadn't had really won a series in Tampa Bay since 2017. He brought up that fact, and there was a graphic to go along with it. It was a graphic that showed the last time they won, the last pitcher, I think, that won the game for them, yada, yada, yada. And he got canned for it. And uh, he got canned for bringing up a bad record about his team. And I think this obviously is a very, very large overreaction from Baltimore, the Baltimore Orioles team as a whole, especially considering the fact that there was a graphic made, which means that it wasn't just an on-the-spot comment made by Kevin Brown. It was something that was previously planned by the entire broadcast team, and they went through with it. They, uh, there was multiple people involved in this, whatever. I don't think it's a mess-up, personally. I think that there is... I, I can say that in jobs that I've worked before, and I will not name na- teams, names, companies, whatever, I can say that I there is definitely something about wanting to stay positive about the team you're calling for. There is definitely something there, and you, and that is definitely important, especially, and, but I do not think that what he was saying was negative. I don't think that it was a bad thing. I think that what he did and how he said it was, a, he did it very, very well. I don't think many people could have done the Orioles, as a whole, in the last 10 years, have not been a very successful franchise. So I feel like, unless they're just trying to hide the fact that they haven't been successful past the last, like, two years, it's just not It's not an appropriate way of handling things. And I think that that is not a controversial... That's not a controversial statement from me. I think that that is a very... It's not... This is not a good sign for broadcasting if broadcasters cannot talk about facts. As our job, as commentators, is to give you, the watcher, the facts that you need to properly understand and get to know the players and get to know the team. He spoke on the Tampa, the Orioles' record against the Tampa Bay Rays and how they had a lack of success in previous years, but that they had had plenty of success in this season. Or I believe the exact, he, the exact thing in this article that I'm reading. I did watch the, art, the video, but I want to make sure that I stick to what exactly what he said. 
Brown noted that the Orioles had won as many games at Tropicana Field in 2023 as they had in the past three seasons combined, and that it was accompanied by a graphic that showed the Orioles' struggles that obviously was with his commentary. The only thing that was involved that he was involved in was the commentary side. He did not make that graphic. Somebody else had made that graphic. I bet a team of people made that graphic. That's the thing that is so annoying about this, I think, to so many people, is just the fact that he got he got canned for something that was, frankly, a lot of people's mistake. I don't think it was a mistake either. I don't think anybody considers it a mistake. They were He was talking about something that he said nothing that wasn't true. It's not like he was like, it's not like he went up and just went, Baltimore sucks in Tampa Bay. No, he went up and brought up stats that, that basically just said, yeah, we've struggled in Tampa Bay in the past, but this year we're doing really well. He made sure to highlight the fact that, that Baltimore is having a lot more success this season that they, had, that they didn't have previously in this stadium. He did a good job doing that. He, from all the clips that I've seen, he is a hell of an announcer. And he should, or commentator, announcer, whatever you want to call it, he should not have been taken down for this. And I'm sure they will <laughs> fix the issue after all the public outrage that there has been. Because, and rightfully so, he should not have been taken off the broadcast for that. That is a very stupid reason to do that. And yeah, I just wanted to open up the podcast by doing that because that's, it's something that means at least something to me considering I work in the industry and I want, I just wanted to throw that out there. From my perspective a little bit. We'll get into the more fun stuff now. I wanted to start off with that. We'll move on now. Okay, now we're getting into the fun stuff. We are going to move on to the NHL. That's I want to. I wanted to start off with that little MLB segment. We might go back to the MLB later, but we're going to move into the NHL for now. And we're going to talk about the Eric Carlson trade. Eric Carlson, Norris winning defenseman, won it last season after a comeback year is going to be moving from the San Jose Sharks to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the most confusing trade ever seen to man, or ever known to man. And um, I'm going to try and break it down. I uh, It's a very interesting trade that I think I've already seen a lot of opinions on online. Obviously, it's been a couple days since it happened. It has been officially two. I'm recording this on August the 8th. And it's, it's a trade. It's a trade. I, you know... Eric Carl Pittsburgh is getting what they want. They're getting Eric Carlson, and they somehow... The craziest thing about this entire trade to me is that how they ended up with less cap... Or more cap space after this. They picked up a, one of the biggest contracts in the NHL and came up with more cap space, which is wild. And all they really lost was... they Obviously, they lost a lot of players. I We can go into that all we want. Casey DeSmith, I believe... Yeah, Mikhail Granlund. My or I believe it's Mikhail. It's I he's European. I think it's Mikhail. And uh, I believe both of them were on the pens beforehand. And obviously a first and a second. That's a lot. That's a lot to lose. But you are getting a Norris winning defenseman, right? I think when me and Caleb talked about this in previous weeks, I think that we set the line at about two first round picks. And the Penguins didn't have to give that up. A first and a second sucks, don't get me wrong, but you got to realize that first is also top 10 protected. So let's say the Pens suck, which mm, I wouldn't say high chance of it happening, but there is a chance. They have a lot of aging stars. There is a chance they suck. At least they have that protection, and 
they didn't, in my opinion, other than the picks, give up that much. I think that this is a one trade for the Pens, considering they're trying to get back into contention and they're trying to build around their aging core. This is a one... They won this trade, easily. I think San Jose also got what they wanted. They got it first. They got some players. They're going to be all right, too. I think they just wanted to get the cap space out of the way. Montreal got... Um... <laughs> they got some people. They got a second-round pick. I, I don't really understand why Montreal was even involved in this. I understand it needed to be a three-trade. It probably needed to be a three-team trade. I don't know why Montreal took it, really. I don't... I don't see why it makes sense for them. It's the only teams here that, like... I don't know. Obviously, they they helped just by retaining salary cap for, like, for example, for Petrie and for all that. But I think... I don't understand what they really had it, or really had to, there's not a lot there for Montreal, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to read into it, and I just don't get it. I don't get why Montreal was really, was involved in the trade, or wanted to be involved. They, sure they got a second round pick, sure they got all that, just for retaining cap, basically, and get, taking a couple, you know, core players. But, they, I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense to me. That's what I'm trying to say. For Montreal, I think this is a trade that makes the least amount of sense. I think that the Pens will probably... The Pens obviously will get better. They did... Yep, I'm reading now. They did lose Granlin, so I was right on that. But... The Sportsnet, the Sportsnet is, article is being mean towards Granlin, but... I think that losing Grandland will probably hurt the team a little, not a lot. And then bringing in a star like Eric Carlson, veteran guy, can slide him right in next to Latang and have a, probably one of the most dominant D pairings in the entire league. I think they'll be just fine. They'll, they'll, I wouldn't expect, uh, I wouldn't expect like 2017 pens, but um, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be a playoff team. I think they'll probably be a 6, 7, 8 seed. And um, I would be very surprised to see them go any higher. But, I mean, who knows? They've got a lot of guys. They've got a lot of stars. Who knows? Turn back the clock. This would have been an insane team in 2017. Imagine this team in 2017, right? That's the thing. That's the biggest thing. But you have to realize Malkin is 37. Latang is 36. Crosby third turns is 36. Is 36. I know how to, I know how to read. And um, Carlson is 33. And has also dealt with a lot of injuries, including a lot of serious injuries. And, I mean, we'll just have to see what happens, really. Like, obviously, Crosby is still a very elite scorer when he needs to be, and he's still a very elite player, same with Melkin. Latang is still a serviceable defenseman. I think it's just whether... I don't know how long they have to make this core work. I think that... I mean, I just don't know. Like, I, I've... It's really interesting. It's This is going to be an interesting team to watch next year for... For, like, a thousand different reasons. I think that... The funny thing is, I think... I think they could be good. Like I said, 6, 7, 8 seed. They could maybe... There's enough playoff... Uh, what's the word? Playoff... Um, enough guys who have been in the playoffs to probably pull something out of their butts. And maybe make it to the second round out of the 6, 7, 8 seed. Maybe beat a younger team. You know what I mean? Like, the, I could see them su- being capable of surprising someone this season. So, yeah, I think that's all I got to say on it, honestly. This is, I, I could go right into the nitty-gritty and talk about all the big details, like how 
I I don't even know. How the how the hell did Pittsburgh get a third round pick as well? That's the crazy thing. Like Pittsburgh won this trade by a mile, <laughs> in my opinion. I think that the Sharks Yeah, they still got a lot. Like that's a lot. Getting Granlin a first round pick, Ruda and Mike Hoffman, that's not bad by any means. And still definitely a win. But I don't know. I think it's. I think at this point they just need to get rid of Carlson. I think they'd been trying to get rid of him for a bit, and uh, they kind of ran out of choices. If that makes sense. I uh, obviously Pittsburgh's have been in the rumor wire for a while. I'd have to go back. You might have to go back and watch watch the segment me and Caleb did on Eric Carlson, the trade rumors, and why we thought that. Obviously, I know that Caleb was not a fan of him going to. The, the Penguins, I do remember that, so I will make that argument for him, as he is not here. But, um, he, I remember him saying that he just thought it was an old team. It wouldn't work. He was saying that it wouldn't work, and I kind of agree with him. I don't think this is, this isn't a Stanley Cup winning team, obviously. I will never, ever try and make that argument. Nobody would. But, there is enough, there's, there is enough. You know what I mean? There's enough to be a playoff team. I, I'm sure there are people out there arguing that this wouldn't be a playoff team, it will be. It probably will be. The East is strong, but it probably will be. It'll be a fun team. I'm actually excited. I think that we haven't gotten to see Eric Carlton in the playoffs for a long time. I was kind of hoping that he'd go to, like, a more serious playoff team. Meaning, like, I think Hurricanes were in the mix at some point. That would have been very cool. Team Reteaming up with Brent Burns again. I think just any... The other options would have probably been better. But I'm not going to complain. This is going to be a very fun team. I, This is kind of a bad example, but in my head I'm thinking of when Jerome Aginlow went to uh, the Pens and that team up, getting to see Aginlow and Crosby on a line together again for the first time since the 2010 Olympics. Just that type of thing. That's what I think of when I think of this move. I'm thinking of the the boys are back together. <laughs> it's it's just a, it's a fun team up for anybody who watched hockey in the 2010s and got to see the dominance that was... Eric Carlson, Crosby, Malkin, that entire Pens team, and just Eric Carlson carrying the Ottawa Senators in, I believe, 2017 to, uh, they make the, they made conference. Yeah, conference. That's my bad. They made it to the conference anyway. Either way, these are, it's going to be a fun team. This is a team for the, <laughs> that makes childhood Simon very happy. So I will watch, I will enjoy and I, will, I hope they do well. As much as I, I don't necessarily want to see the Pens win another cup, and they won't. That's a Simon prediction. If the Pens win the cup, I will be a sad boy. But hopefully they don't. Hopefully, But hopefully they make it to the second round. Hopefully we see a bit of playoff Eric Carlson again, because I think we all miss that. That's something that I can definitely say we all missed. All right, we are going to be taking a pit stop in the NBA and uh, talking about a little list I just found, because uh, we are in the dry part of the... Uh, off-season of the NHL, NBA, NFL. Right now, all we got is baseball. Not a lot's happening in baseball. Davis Snyder is going off for the Blue Jays, and we might talk about that. We'll see how I feel in a bit. But for, for now, we're going to start off with talking about a ranking of the NBA's best superstar duos going into this next season. Obviously, a lot of them have been around for a while. A lot of them have had a lot of success, and a lot of them haven't. We've seen in the last couple of years um, the big... The big stars all teaming up doesn't work very well. 
that's been the big st- narrative of the last couple seasons. Obviously, obviously, this season we saw Jokic and Murray, two homegrown talented for the in Denver, uh, win a championship. The year before, we saw Milwaukee and uh, Giannis win a championship. Obviously, you still need the big guy, but it's more important to have a lot of depth. Not saying that Murray is just depth. He is still absolutely a stud. But it is important to have a lot of depth and have a very overall sound team more than it is to just have a bunch of guys who have the potential to be on NBA, the NBA 2K cover. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just... Obviously, I, I thought about making my own list and comparing it, but I think we'll just get into it and we'll talk about uh, why I disagree or... Uh, agree or disagree with what they have going on here. But, um... Yeah, let's get right into it. Obviously, they've got some honorable mentions. We'll start off with them. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics. Joel Embiid and uh, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. and those. So they only give three. I don't disagree with any of them, I don't think. knowing Looking at number five right now, I don't disagree with any of them. I think that uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown has the potential to really move up that list. I think... Uh, They've been really, really strong overall, and they're obviously they've had some success in the playoffs, making it, I believe, as far as the conference. Oh no, they made the finals. Why am I thinking they didn't make the finals? I'm being dumb. Whatever. They have done a great job in the six years they've had together. Obviously, they're more homegrown than a lot of names on this list, and they've been both on the Celtics for their entire careers. Definitely have the potential to move up this list. They will probably not stay in this number eight spot for very long. I think that they can probably jump a couple names in here, including the next one that I don't think will... uh, That's interesting. Joel Embiid and James Harden of the Philly 76ers. Obviously at number seven here. They have all the potential in the world. They have the potential to be the number one on this. These are two names that are absolutely talented. We just haven't seen them work very well together. They... uh, for whatever reason, they just haven't really been... They haven't been it. Philly has been looking for that it thing for, like, the last decade, and they just haven't been able to find it. And clearly, Joel Embiid, James Harden, probably isn't it. It sounds like James... There's been rumors all over the map about Joel Embiid going somewhere, James Harden going somewhere. We'll have to see what happens with that. But I think that it's... It's... where This isn't going to stick around very long. I think that... Saying that Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum will probably leapfrog them when they eventually break up is very, very much going to happen. I think that uh, I'd honestly put Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown above Joel Embiid and James Harden just for the fact that only one of those two duos are going to be together in a year. So, yeah, we can move on to the next one. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. This is a disappointing one to me. I am really disappointed that this is number six, despite being a Lakers fan, obviously. I'm wearing a jersey this week. Because Caleb's not here to carry that carry that fire of wearing jerseys on the podcast. Anyway, um, despite being a Lakers fan, I have to say it's a little disappointing. I think when they teamed up in uh, L.A. for the Clippers, I think everybody thought they'd be a very, very strong team. And obviously they have been at times. But they just haven't had that success that I think everyone is hoping they've had. We've heard a ton of excuses like how the bubble stopped them from winning. I believe Pat Bev said that. There's been a lot of things that have been said and just not a lot of action. Obviously, both have been hurt at different times. Kawhi has obviously sat out at different times, and you can have your own opinion on that. I won't give mine here. I think that um, overall, that's that's just the one big thing about this duo. They are as dangerous as anybody else. 
they have as much talent as anyone else. There are times in when Paul George looks like the best scorer in the NBA in certain games. He can be that guy. So, so can Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is one of the best, if not the best, defender in the NBA right now. Right? Like, that remains the same. It's just that they, they just haven't been able to put it together yet. And I have to say, I don't know if they'll, they will be able to put it together. I believe this will be their last season together. I think their contract is running out after this season. So, who knows what happens after that. I kind of hope they find a bit more success. I, I think that they're a really fun team when they are, you know, working. But uh, we can move on to number five, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving of the Dallas Mavericks. This one is really interesting to me. Obviously, we, me and Caleb talked about this on one of the previous podcasts. I can't remember which one right now, so you might have to go back and check that out, just saying. And um, we we talked a little... I, th- I believe we just talked about where Kyrie would probably end up. I think that is what we were talking about. And, or not where... How well... What we expect from him. That's what I was trying to say. And um, I don't think that we either of us had super high expectations. I Personally, I love Doncic as a player. I think that uh, when you are able to be that skilled and just be able to score from anywhere on the floor, have that sort of playmaking ability, I think you have all the talent in the world and have all the ability to win in this league. I just have a hard time... I have a hard time believing in teams that have two dominant ball carriers, and I remember saying that in that episode too. So I think uh, my expectations for this duo going into the next season... They will definitely be a playoff team in the West. I think that uh, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see if any more Kyrie drama. Obviously, everybody knows about all that stuff that has gone <laughs> gone down. Let's hope that they can both stay healthy, obviously. We'll have to see what happens with that. Obviously, I think they just haven't been tested. They just haven't. We haven't seen a lot of them. Obviously, and Dallas did get worse after Kyrie came in, but that could be just be like midseason trade jitters. Who knows? We'll have to see. We can move on to number four with, oh, they have, like, a lot of, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This one is interesting to me. I, obviously, Lakers fan, but I will say I'm not the biggest fan of LeBron James. As a Lakers fan, I, as far as Lakers fans go, I will say that I'm definitely on the more the other side of the fence when it comes to liking this duo. I, I don't hate it. I, I, I feel like I, I'm more than aware that I cannot complain about having two superstars for five years. That is not fair to complain about because there are a lot of franchises in the NBA that would die for that, right? But I I don't know. It's It worked in 2020. Obviously, we won a championship. More than happy about even winning one. I, <laughs> that, that was awesome to watch. I think that... Um, at this point, they just it just won't work. I think that they probably need to try something new. I think, Anth- obviously, Anthony Davis needs to stay healthy. That is the biggest, biggest, biggest number one thing that needs to happen. And as long as that happens, who knows? Like, that's the thing. If this team can stay healthy, they can win. The issue is that Anthony Davis just can't stay healthy. He just can't. And, obviously, the Lakers just gave him a very, very big new fancy extension so that means that he'll be sticking around long after lebron's gone which is good for the lakers and good for us we'll have to i just hope that he can stay healthy i just hope that he can stay just i just want him to i want to see this team win again this was a really really fun team in the 2020 season 
because they stayed healthy and because we had a lot of depth and we had a lot of guys who just wanted to win. We we just don't we don't have that anymore. We don't have that really. We have we have it's just a different squad, you know. We'll have to see if they can turn well, I don't know. I don't know what to expect this season. I'm kind of just dribbling all over the place. I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with something that I can say. I don't disagree with them being at 4. I but even them being at 4 feels like a stretch. I feel like they should be lower strangely, which is weird. Which is very weird. So, take that as you will. We can move on. Nikol Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. I think this should be higher. I think this should be a lot higher. I actually would say that this, after last season, I would have a hard time not saying that this is number one. I think uh, I think that's a fair statement. I think that uh, Murray has solidified himself as a star in this league. I think that if you don't think that, I don't know what else he has to do. Because uh, this is a duo that have proven they can win. They have proven they can win. There's a lot of depth around them, obviously, which helped them in this season. But they are a great duo. They work. They work. And looking at who who they have at number two and number one, I think if I were to make my own list, I would have them probably number two overall talent-wise. But on overall success, you have to put them at number one. You have to put them at number one. There is no duo on this list that is new enough. Other than, like, the newest duo, duo on this list is Doncic and Kyrie Irving. And they don't have the talent in my... Well, they, uh, I feel weird saying that. But they just don't... They haven't shown it. You know what I mean? Don't, you know. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm making this work. We're working here. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Denver. They have them at three. I have them at two. You could make an argument for one. We'll move on. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday... Milwaukee Bucks. I nearly said Minnesota. I'm still in hockey mode. Number two. I I like it. I like that they're above. I like that they should be three, though. I think that I have... Hmm, I don't know. I just... Maybe I don't value Drew Holiday as much as I should. Maybe that's why. I just... I don't know. I don't think Drew Holiday necessarily carries his weight as much as a player like uh, Murray would. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd have to. You'd have to look at the stats and prove me wrong. There, you can yell at me in the comments if you want. Go ahead. Anyway, um, not bad. Like, uh, terrific. They are number three. Definitely about yeah. They are definitely top three. They are definitely top three solely because of Giannis. That helps <laughs> when you have a player like Giannis. That helps. We can move on because I think I have more to say about this number one pick, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the Phoenix Suns. When this trade happened, when the Kevin Durant trade happened, I thought the league was over. I thought the league was over. Like, they were going to win everything, it was going to be over, and then they only played 19 games together. We just didn't see enough last season. It's the same issue as Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic with the main difference that this team is just that much more nuts. It's just that much more nuts. This is a stupid team this is a stupid talented team with all the talent in the world they can win next season if they stay healthy and if they work well together they will win next season and there's nobody nothing that can stop them 
I think that uh, they deserve the number one spot. You could make the argument to me this season with Jokic um, and Murray. I think you could make the argument that you could put them in front of them as best duo considering they just won. <laughs> I think that's a recency bias as much as it's there. I think if they, it is deserved. I think they can. You could definitely make the argument for number one. I think that this is also one that makes sense. Durant and Booker is a duo that shouldn't exist. That is an insane team up. Like, and they added Bradley Beal. I was trying to put that name together. That is a three-team trio, or the three-player trio that it has all, they can take over the league. That's nobody is stopping that. Nobody is stopping that offense. Nobody. Nobody in the league can stop that offense if they play well together. If they don't get hurt, if they play well together, nobody's stopping that. That's that. We'll have to see what happens next season, and uh, yeah. All right, we'll move on to the next one, and we're actually going to slide back over to the MLB with a much more fun topic, which is Davis Snyder. I think, uh, personally, I'm a Blue Jays fan, I, uh, so I figured doing a solo episode is a pretty good excuse to talk about this absolute legend that came out of nowhere and is hitting nothing but dingers. He is currently averaging. One second, I'm finding the stat line again. Give me a second. There it is. 529, 579, 882. Absolutely unheard of in his first three games. Broke a record for most hits in, like, the first two games. He hit two home runs in, like, three games. And his first three games were legendary. Fourth game, not so much. Wasn't pretty. But that doesn't matter. Fourth game, grain of salt. Went, came up against a bad pitcher, or a really good pitcher in, uh, I don't remember who he faced in Cleveland. But it was a Cleveland pitcher. Forget his name. Anyway, not important. We're not talking about him. We're talking about Davis Snyder because he is an absolute... He looked incredible. I thought uh, the biggest thing that was incredibly shocking to me is he's a small guy. He's a second baseman, naturally, and he can absolutely send it. He can hit it harder than anybody on the Blue Jays right now, probably, other than, like, uh, you know what, that's exaggeration, but you know what I mean. It's... He is probably the best prospect the Blue Jays have ha- have called up in a very long time. And uh, the thing is, uh, people are already comparing him to Ellie De La Cruz. De La Cruz. De La Cruz. Is that a right second note? Anyway, there's already been comparisons to that. I think um, I think it's hard to make that comparison already, considering how much of a physically just incredible player De La Cruz is. Because he's also an athlete. He is an absolute athlete. So I think making that comparison might not be fair yet. I think we need to give Snyder a little bit longer to see, like, kind of even out his numbers. Obviously, he won't stay at 500. <laughs> that would be pretty insane. He won't stay there. His, um, from what I'm reading, I'll just read off a couple stats because that's what I like to do. Um, he already, he has the stats to back it up, though. He has the, he has the, like, his max exit velocity is 107.5 in the 30th percentile among MLB hitters. Not bad, especially for a guy who was drafted in the 28th round. Not really expected to be an MLB player. Like, he got called up because he was doing well for the Buffalo Bisons, where uh, his max uh, exit velocity was 109.7, which is very impressive. Very impressive. Would, Would have ranked 184th among 267 qualified MLB hitters. Impressive as hell. Especially for a minor league player. And... 
they pretty much just break them down with the stats here, and I'll, I'll go through it a little bit. Running stats, we haven't seen a lot of that from him at the MLB level. We haven't really had to. He's not necessarily, uh, he doesn't look very that quick. He's never stolen more than 17 bases in a minor league season. I don't think we need him to be a base stealer. We already have our guys who can do that, obviously. We need a good second baseman. That's something that Blue Jays have sort of been missing. Last season, Espinal was really strong for us, but I don't think anybody would be complaining if if we saw Snyder slide in and steal that spot from, I believe Biggio's been the main guy this season. You might have to correct me on that one. Sliding into that second baseman spot. Uh, but from a defensive standpoint, he uh, he's fine. Like uh, from what I'm reading here, there aren't like uh, they aren't burners and lacks a cannon arm. But he's he'll be fine. Like he's he's a fine defender. That's what that's what I'm. That's the thing. He's a decent enough defender, and that's all you need from him. Obviously, um, his contact is the biggest thing that I think a lot of people have noticed. Obviously, when you bat 500 through your first four games in the MLB. I think you're, a lot of people are going to be talking about your contact hitting ability. And even just watching him, you can tell that he is a very, very smart player. You can tell that he has a very good eye for the baseball, and he's very, very good at knowing. He's, he picks his pitches very well. He, As in, he picks with where he swings. He picks his swings. Maybe that's the better way to put that. I think um, I, I fully think that he has all the potential in the world. I think it's really cool. I love when prospects in any sport like this just randomly pop up and just instantly start kicking ass. It's probably one of the most fun things to see in any sport. I feel like that is... I, I can't be alone in saying that. May, and I know the bias as a, as a Blue Jays fan. I should throw on my hat, throw on the jersey. At this point, I should just, like... I, I'm going all nuts for him. But I think he deserves it. When you break a record for the most hits, or whatever exactly the record was in the first three games, a record that hasn't been touched since 1930 despite all the incredible rookies that have gone through the MLB, he started that strong, and that is so impressive to me. So I just, I think it's great. I think that, uh, I think he'll probably be up with the Blue Jays for the rest of the season, as long as he doesn't, you know, suck for the, for the rest of the time. Maybe he he just had like a four-game prime. That'd be pretty funny, I guess. Not for me, but it'd be funny for you. And, uh, I mean, who knows? I think that, uh, I think he definitely has the potential to be a to stay up at the MLB level. I think he's already shown that. When you hit two home runs in three games, you show that. You show that ability, and he has. I think that he can stay up. He'll definitely uh, he he will have to prove himself. He will have to continually prove himself. That is the thing that that is popping up. Like I'm trying to read it at the same time. I should have read through it. At the you know I'm I'm looking back and forth, but. The thing that they constantly are trying to hit is that he will have to keep proving himself to stay up, which is true. He will have to do that. And uh, I think we'll have to see how he succeeds with that to really put a... It's hard to judge a player off of four games. I don't know if the Blue Jays play together, play today. I will quickly check that. So who knows? Maybe today we'll get a little bit more of a glimpse at uh, how good he does. They do. This episode will not be out before then, so maybe, who knows, maybe he'll hit another one, maybe he won't, maybe he'll go 0 for 4, who knows, who knows what'll happen, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see, alright, I'm gonna end it there, thank you so much for watching, this has been a much shorter episode, so I apologize for that, but I think, um, 
the way that I was looking at this episode was a lot more, let's get it done, not let's stick around for an hour 30. I think, uh, we need, I, this week is, uh, gonna be a filler episode. That's what I'm gonna call it. This is a filler TV episode. This is just there. It's just there. You know what I mean? We're, it's, we needed to fill the week's episodes a lot. This is gonna do it. Next week, we'll, we will be back. We will be covering the NFL 100. We will be way behind on that. Obviously, it'll be out for a week by then. But um, that's all right. I'm excited to break it down. I know Caleb is excited to break it down. So you will be getting that next few weeks, and you will probably... I think it'll be a great episode. Obviously, last week, I can also say that I was sick. I did it sick, and uh, I don't think it necessarily turned out the best because of that. And um, so we're kind of getting back-to-back kind of sleeper filler episodes. We're going to call them filler episodes. So we'll be getting back to the quality that you expect next week so again i apologize um thanks so much for watching i seriously if you stuck around this long and had to listen to only my voice for about 40 minutes now you know what my life's like it's it it i thank you that's all i'm trying to say (laughs) thank you so much and um Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We now have a Twitter. We now have a Twitter. As of last week, we have a Twitter. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all of them. We're everywhere. You look for us, you'll find us. And where else? Where else are we? I'm trying to think. Uh, make sure to watch our shorts. They're on TikTok, YouTube shorts. We post them to both. I think that's all. I think that's all I have to say. I think that's all I have to say. Watch next week. Watch last week's. Both are probably going to be better than this week. I'm throwing that out there. This was the Simon Solo episode. Let's hope that it doesn't happen too much. Next time it happens, I I might try and uh, bring on some guests. We'll see. This week it uh, was a little bit... I, I decided to just go solo with it. If this ever happens again, I feel like we could try and do a guest thing. We'll see guest host sadly you just had to deal with me this week i hope that's not too bad thanks again for watching see ya